Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Ventura, and I'm joined in the studio by Kayla Walton and Trisha Casson. And today we're going to talk about division, specifically division in the church. And it can be almost kind of controversial, kind of a charged uh, thing, because the church is big enough to have all sorts of different ways of life, cultures, and points of view. But before we start with that, let's go ahead and start with prayer. Trisha, could you start, please? Of course, Father. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Jesus, we just come to you um, With grateful hearts for Holy Mother Church, we pray, Lord, that you will continue to guide us through your Holy Magisterium. And we pray for all the priests and bishops and the Pope who are leading um, the church to salvation. We ask this through your name, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us us this this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as as we we forgive forgive those who trespass trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we were talking about division in the church. and You know, our Lord's Prayer in the 15th chapter of John was that they, that they may be one. And his prayer to his Father was that we may all be one. And being one doesn't necessarily mean we're all cookie cutters, robots, part of the hive mind. Um, that's, that's not at all what he meant, but that we be united in love. We all have sorts of different sort of points of views, opinions. If you look at a big family, not everybody is the same. Now, there's a general trend of how they're raised or, you know, you know, different ethos of the family. But generally speaking, a single person has their own opinion. In fact, I, I often joke around where there are two people, five opinions will be. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's kind of important. And especially in the church, we are, yes, we're a divine instituted church, but we're made up of human members. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and what do we know about humans? We have a lot of opinions. And, and we, we are fall, fallen. Yeah, we sin, yeah, right? We we are fallen. <laughs> now, now, I, I do want to say to be human does not mean to sin. no. To be human means to be made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, to be fallen means that we're sin. But to be human means we're made in the image and likeness of God. And the image and likeness of God don't... It, there's nothing imperfect about that. So, but yeah. mm-hmm. that's regarded... But anyways, we're talking about division in the church, especially mm-hmm. on different topics. You know, we've had... Especially with, you know... Uh, different statements by bishops, priests, even even our Holy Father. I mean, a lot of people just kind of, they, they react. A lot, I, I feel like a lot of the division we get is reaction, not necessarily like if they knew the teaching of Holy Mother Church, they, this would be the case. But it, it is just like a visceral reaction of stuff. So, yeah, Kayla. You know, I think, Father, you brought up a very important word that I think it's a, really good for us to keep in mind, and that's opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times, um, you know, in the Catholic Church, Sometimes people can lose sight of, you know, that that we're that people can have their own opinion. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is that we have to adhere to the teachings of the Catholic Church, which are clearly defined, you know, in the catechism, in scripture, um, through the magisterium, through holy tradition. And that, you know, people's people can have opinions, but that has you cannot change the church's teaching simply based on opinion. my opinion. Exactly. Or majority rule. I mean, that's, right, that, that's the right. thing. We're not necessarily a democracy. While we are, we do exercise our faith in freedom. We do exercise our faith in a spirit 
of, you know, making our own decisions, but ultimately we're not a democracy. It's been but, handed on to us. But besides the the freedom piece, you know, we this kind of gets into a whole nother vein, but we have to make sure that, yes, we do have freedom, but we cannot, we are not cafeteria Catholics. You know, I, I hate that term, but it, it makes sense. Like, I can't choose this, this, and this, and leave behind this, this, and this. I have the freedom to do that, mm-hmm. but I, that is more not license. what I'm called that's to actually, uh, right, license. Right. More license. I have the license to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, whether or not I take whatever's on the cafeteria line, like it is all the Catholic Church's teaching, and I should accept all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, and it's so important that um, when we experience an apparent division in the church, that it's always done with charity. I, I think a lot of times it's an us versus them mentality. Like, I'm right, they're wrong. We have the right knowledge, they don't. Or they have the right knowledge and we don't. Or, you know, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. you know, it all has to be exercised in charity. I mean, how how do Christians, how are Christians identified? By our love. That's what, I mean, that's what scripture says. And like, yeah, that's, that's primary. You know, I think there. also to realize that not to get so alarmed by the division in the church. Um, mm-hmm. So from the beginning of the church's founding in the Acts of the Apostles, we find Peter and Paul kind of arguing or discussing whether um, a non-Jewish person... Uh, Whether a Gentile has to follow Jewish custom in order to be a Christian. So from the beginning of the church, we've had these discussions, right? Mm -hmm. And if we think of our own families, I mean, I love my brothers and sisters to the end, to the death, and we will always be a family, and they're always going to be my siblings, and we're always going to have each other's back. But what happened when we were growing up and learning? We fought. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We disagreed about things, and and that's how we learned, and that's like how our strength was, um, our our relationship was stronger. Yeah. So I think maybe a, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like in a, in a sense like we are and not in a sense in reality we are a family in the church, right? We mm-hmm. are the body of Christ and um we are a family and we gather around a table a, mm-hmm. and share a meal together every Sunday mm-hmm. as every family gathers around a table and shares dinner. And um so I in and we are all come from different backgrounds and different cultures and so it is so natural that there are divisions. And so in some sense, not to get so like alarmed because I think that when we react like, Oh my gosh, the church is falling apart. This person thinks this person, this person thinks that then like people who are from the outside of the church maybe can sense or like think like, Oh gosh, the, uh, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, I think no, it they, does. There's yeah. a, there's a really, um, a clarity that needs to be made between differences and divisions. Mm-hmm. And so it, like, it's okay for us to come to the table with differences but what creates division is when we um, speak about those differences with other people, if that makes sense. So, for example, like in a family, if, you know, my sister, um, let's say my sister Lindy and I, Lindy and I live together. And um, if I talk to Lindy about our differences, that's one thing. But if I go and talk to my sister Holly about Lindy and I's differences, well, then that's where it creates division because I'm no longer seeking a resolution with the person. I am simply venting or slandering or whatever it is about, you know, about someone else to another person. And I think obviously there is a safe place to do that. And we can we cannot like hold in. um, We cannot hold in our emotions, but we also need to be very, very prudent about when and where we say them, because, um, you know, that's that is, I think, where a lot of the division is created is when we 
speak poorly about other people, not to them. Yeah. And and, I, and ultimately, yeah. I, I think a point we need to bring up here is that our church is not defined by our differences. Mm-hmm. Our church is defined by our commonality. And what is that commonality? Jesus Christ. That he is blessed our the savior, Trinity. the yeah. blessed Trinity. I mean, but like that right, was, right, right. I yeah, mean, yeah. we're invited th- through the humanity of Christ. We're exactly. brought into yeah. relationship with the Trinity. So, I mean... That is our commonality and the faith that has been handed on to us. The differences, and and I, I like that, it's not a division, the differences or the, you know, that we have, it comes from, you know, just the diversity of the human race. Mm-hmm. I mean, God has made us this way. I mean, this is how we come together. Now, when we get caught up in those differences, that's when we, we, we get into issues or, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially, and, and, and now this is, this is an opinion of mine, but you know, it is especially when we try to appeal, uh, germane to the culture or, or to the society, like uh, say, germane, help me. The germane means we, we try to be hip or cool okay. to the, um, to the st- uh, status quo. So for example, when, um, we try to, you know, use terminology mm-hmm. in the same way that say other, you know, uh, movements in society that we're we're trying to say no that's not what brings human dignity and happiness when we try to you to 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 kind of appear like them when we try to to appear like the world as opposed to you know our heavenly calling with Jesus Christ you know that other not otherworldly but you know that directedness that we're pilgrims here on the earth when we try to become too much a part of the world i feel like that's where our divisions become most that's where division is sown is when we try to be of the world and not just in the world. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's very careful, especially, you know, and a lot of this comes up in light of, you know, state uh, press statements by, you know, leaders of the church. I mean, a lot of people have knee jerk reactions sometimes where we want to say, Oh no, that Bishop is wrong or that priest is wrong or that lay person is wrong. He can't say that about the church, but really, you know, we are all trying our best to, you know, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, of how we're inspired to say it. Now, sometimes our, our, not Jesus Christ is never wrong. The Holy Spirit is never wrong, mm-hmm. but our reception, our understanding, or our own pride gets in the way and we can kind of, you know, muddle what we've received up. And that's kind of maybe where some things can happen. So sometimes our faith is never wrong, but our understanding of the faith can be sometimes misappropriated, our interpretation. So that's where I was kind of going with that is we have the faith. The faith is never wrong, but our own interpretation of the faith can be sometimes mistaken or, you know, muddled up by pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, when we're thinking about division in the church, a lot of times um, we we have to be very careful that we are not fostering or facilitating that division. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when we think about our own families, could we, if I spoke every time I was frustrated with someone, then I would probably, like if every time someone in my family came to me or said something to me and I voiced my opinion about it or my thoughts about it, I would probably not have as good of a relationship with them as I do now. And I think that a lot of times when in the Catholic Church, when there's a statement that comes out or when an official speaks on something, Um, When I say an official, I mean like a priest or a bishop or um, cardinal or pope. A lot of times people may um, just speak their opinion about it when in actuality it's it's almost um, it's we just need to be very careful of that because that's not that's not the way that we're called to love. We're called to accept it and take it to prayer. 
Um, and obviously, I don't mean, you know, we need to be receptive robots that mm-hmm. do everything, but we need to love them that mm-hmm. as they are, like as, you know, Pope Francis is, they are all in persona Christi, you know, mm-hmm. they, uh, whether they're a priest, a bishop, pope, whatever, like we, st- we have to keep that in mind and that, you know, accepting um, and, and loving them. And just because we don't agree with every hundred percent thing doesn't mean that we need to vocalize it all the time. Right. Because that it's unhealthy. And well, yeah. So I tell Kayla, I totally agree. I think that, um, or maybe it is okay though, when like something comes up and you have questions yes, about definitely. a teaching of the church or something, a priest or a cardinal has said to research and to talk about it. But I think we need to be mindful of whom we're talking about it to and under what platform. So today, like uh, media and messages can be in five seconds. You yeah, know? no, it's... we the hundred people can know what we think if we put it on our Facebook mm-hmm. status. And so I, if somebody says something where you're like, wait, what is the church teacher? Man, my reaction is like, that can't be right. Mm-hmm. But maybe to talk to somebody whom we trust or somebody who who knows that we're coming from like a sincere uh, point of sincere motive. heart yeah and uh, you know facebook and twitter or instagram they all kind of in their little boxes at what's on your mind they want your opinion to be out there mm-hmm. um and so i think we just need to be very discerning i know in my own personal life i'm very careful of what i post or what i what i say on facebook um because it's not it's not meant to be for public consumption. A lot of my personal thoughts are meant not meant for public consumption, mm-hmm. um, in a sense. Like, so if I have a hes- like, for example, in my own role as a priest, if I have a hesitation about anything that's said officially about the church, I don't, I don't go around and say I don't understand. I don't go in the office the next day with the parish staff and go, I don't understand what so and so said about this. This is uh, I'm so weird. What about this? What about that? If I need to talk about that, I usually find my brother priests and be like, Hey, did you see this? I'm really confused. I'm I'm not happy with that. That that really does not I I that was not how I understood this teaching of the church. I'm I need some help with this and we'll discuss it. Or you know, sometimes venting is okay done appropriately. I mean, and, and I use this distinction all the time in the confessional is like when people say, "Oh, I, I was really bad mouthing my boss um at work." And I say, "Okay, now, it's a healthy thing for humans to want to process stuff. We need to process. And sometimes the way we process is by vocalizing, by talking about it with someone we trust. So the wrong way to process, say, a frustration with with something or someone is to say, what a jerk. Did you hear what this jerk did? Kind of thing. But the better way is to say, you know, when this person did that, it caused me to think X. So, I mean, yeah, I, I and mean, it's talking about your own yeah. personal reaction. I mean, if you're talking about, you can't help how you feel. Right. You can't help how you react to something. And we shouldn't feel like we can't talk about that in certain, con- like, if we have a certain, con- I'm not saying all the time. I'm not yeah. saying just uh, spat it out. But, you know, find someone, who you know, in confidence, like, this made me feel confused. Or yeah. this made me feel this way. How can I process well, I that? Probably- Really quick, though, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing, though, that I would caution us on, and this is a whole kind of separate concept, but like when when we're frustrated with something or someone, you know, when we look in the Bible, who are we supposed to imitate? Christ. Christ. Yeah. Um, Who is another amazing person? Mary. In the Bible, it like never says that they went and spoke about their frustrations about another person. Mm -hmm. And of course, I mean, I, I know that we're human, but I would just challenge that. 
a lot of times we don't need it to vent unless mm-hmm. it's to our Lord, you know? And I think a lot of times things that we say about frustrations with other people can really go left unsaid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's my own personal opinion. And I think it gets into a whole another vein. But I think if we cut people some slack and not vocalize that to anyone, even if it's in confidence, I think it probably would help a lot of relationships. So you're mm-hmm. listening to Alive for More on AM820 Catholic Radio, St. Gabriel. My name is Trisha Cass, and I'm joined with Father Nick Ventura and Keila Walton. And today we're just discussing differences and divisions within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like, uh, Father, you were talking about like if somebody has an issue with a priest or a bishop mm-hmm. or a pope, like the appropriate way to express that issue. Isn't but what about like if we have um, a personal issue with a teaching of the church. So let's use just an example mm-hmm. of um, women becoming priests. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe you are a Catholic who thinks that women should be priests. Mm-hmm. Father, um, if that is like a personal belief that you kept to yourself, okay, mm-hmm. and it's just like something you're learning about and trying to discover, uh, is it like a sin to think that? It's not a. If you're not like publicly declaring women should be priests, no, or but if, any teaching of the church that's contrary to what the church teaches. Yeah, so I'm going to use two different examples. I, I, I mean, no, it's not a sin, but that comes with a caveat. So if you find something that you disagree with the church and you just think, oh, that's just my personal opinion, I'm just going to keep that to myself. I mean, that is something that you you need to come to understand why the church teaches it. Mm-hmm. I mean. Ultimately, we need to accept what Kayla kind of said at the beginning of the show. We need to accept everything mm-hmm. the church teaches. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, at the end of our lives, um, it's not like it's a test. I mean, it's not like we're going to go to hell if we don't believe everything the church teaches, if, we're, if we have an open heart. But I often talk about the different – we kind of talked about this in another show about doubt and skepticism. We can have mm-hmm. doubt, but we can't have skepticism mm-hmm. about church teaching. Mm-hmm. We can be doubtful. It's like, I, I don't know. Is this really? But we have an open heart of receiving the truth. When we're skeptical like no the church is absolutely wrong and there's no way that can convince me that's true um Mm -hmm. in any way that's that's what's a sin if we have a closed heart to Mm -hmm. it um and in that and in particular if they are not talking if they just say well i'm just not gonna investigate it Mm because i just i don't want to find out and uh, i'm not gonna rock even if there's like i don't want to rock any boats Mm -hmm. i just don't want to know about it um i i'm not the judge there but i I would question, like, okay, what's your commitment to the faith if you're not willing to, you know, look into that? If it's if it's a problem you have with the teaching of the church, you need to talk to somebody who knows about it and, like, explore that. I mean, because you can't just let it sit. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think something else, too, that's really important is that it's not simply enough for us to, uh, um, you know, to have an opinion, to find out information, and to say, okay, I understand why the church teaches this. Um, and yet still had that thought in the back of my mind, but I believe this, yeah. I think that like, we need to take it a step further and, um, almost get into the prayer of like, Lord, I believe help my unbelief and mm-hmm. say like, Lord, I'm searching help the areas where I'm not, where I'm still not accepting because, you know, just because I know all about the church's teaching, um, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Like it's, I have to make an act of faith. Right. Exactly. And so it, having that, that wondering or, you know, should women be priests or whatever it is, I think that like we need to seek the church's teaching. Hmm. And if after seeking, we're still questioning and still wondering, um, we need to like take that to our Lord and say like, Lord, for whatever reason, like I'm still struggling with this, please give me the grace. And he will, you know, mm-hmm. he will, he doesn't, our, our God is not a God of division, you know, no, like he right. wants, he wants yeah. us to be one. And, 
you know, the Trinity is one and and he wants us, he will give us that grace um, in his perfect timing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have to, we have to go to him and right. say, I'm still struggling. Um, and I guess a, an interesting question to propose, like, I, I know I have my interpretation of this, but I kind of will just want to open it up. Let's say we're on social media and then we see a priest um, or whatever uh, clergyman of the church say something that you know is contrary to church teaching. Like, and he is saying this is, uh, this is in accordance with church teaching, but you know it's not. What's the appropriate action? I mean, what is the appropriate action you know, of that sort of thing? My first reaction is, mm-hmm. is if it's on Facebook, then mm-hmm. probably somebody has um, told his bishop about it. Mm-hmm. And that as a lay person, it's not my role to like reprimand him mm-hmm. publicly at all or to put him in his place, but it's like the hierarchy of the church and I can trust in that and, and trust that there are people who are helping to form him. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lay person, I think our initial reaction would be to pray for the holiness of that priest and pray for just clarification in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because I think, um, yeah, I think as lay people, we have a specific role to pray for priests and to, and to be formed in our faith and, um, but that doesn't mean to slander priests in any way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah, know. I, I see what you're saying. I think too, though, um, if you're able, I think having like a face-to-face conversation with that person is the best way. Mm. Um, you know, obviously there's a difference with, you know, a priest in, let's say we're in Ohio and he's in California and he says something and it's all over the media. Well, clearly the bishop would know about it. But like, mm. let's say it's a priest at a church down the street and he says something then, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with going directly to that person, though. I think that problems are created when we don't go directly to the person and we either go to someone else or tell someone else about it or whatever. Like, if if we feel like we need to do something at all mm-hmm. besides pray, then we need to, like, go to that, the, go to the source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and um, all in love, though, you know? Yeah, I think that if, if someone's a priest or religious and they've been formed, like, we can probably... Uh, assume that they've been taught the truth throughout their formation. And mm-hmm. and so for some reason, some brokenness, they are choosing to believe in something or stand by a teaching that's not of the church. And so I think as lay people, we don't need to like become theological and like tell them all the reasons why they're wrong. But if we feel the need, maybe we could personally tell them like, when you publicly said this, it hurt me in this way because mm-hmm. as a, as a lay person, I'm like starving for the truth and it's your job to like provide for me. Or well, I don't know if that makes sense. You, no, it, it, it yeah. does, but I, I, I will put a, 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 a note of um, historical fact. It, it hasn't always been the case that it's been, they may not actually know the truth. So, right. yes, it's good to presume that. It's good to presume. I'm, I'm not trying to put that into question, but sometimes what you, you, I think you hit it on the nail when you first responded, Tricia, is first, okay. Let the hierarchy of the church take care. And if you're not sure, just say, hey, I saw this. This is has brought me concern. Um, yeah, there's like a vicar of priests in every diocese. Is that what they're called? Who deals with those there, issues? It may not be called vicar of priests, but it, um, it would be you would send a, a letter to the chancery about it. But there's also a co- I mean, the it's all cautionary because it, it, there is a lot of confusing information out, out there about the church about uh what and there's a lot of opportunity for mistakes to be made yeah. uh, from people and it, and sometimes you have to give the benefit of the doubt exactly so essentially is, i went to where this is coming from is when i hiked the camino i went to a sunday mass it was my obligation mm-hmm. at a church where the priest didn't pray the prayers of consecration 
had a woman read the gospel mm-hmm. and it was my only chance to go to Sunday mass. Mm-hmm. And so I was devastated. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't mass. Like, I mean, it wasn't mass. He didn't say you, the you, prayers of consecration, but it wasn't he mass. was saying he was a Catholic priest and, and, and saying mass. And so mm-hmm. me and a bunch of pilgrims went to this mass and it really hurt me. Mm-hmm. And so I really struggled with, should I let this priest know that like, that really hurt me that mm-hmm. as a, like a, as a Catholic, like I wanted to go to my Sunday obligation and like, I was going to his church expecting to be able to receive the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, but what, th- what was my s- what was my right response to that situation? Well, there's two responses you could have made. I mean, and they in in my estimation, they neither one would have been incorrect. One is if you had said to him, "Hey, no, this is that wasn't right." Um, the teaching of the church is clear on that. You would be within your right. As a member of the faithful, because we're all members of the faithful, mm-hmm. and to say, hey, you are not living up to your call as a Christian, um, specifically in your vocation um, as a shepherd of God's flock. Um, the other response is that, well, you were passing through. I mean, you. the thing is practicality saying, well, what I say will go in one year and out. The, if he's already that mm-hmm. far down, nothing I say will actually. I mean, you just pray for him. You turn to our Lord and say. I yeah. pray for that that priest. I pray for that person who is uh, misleading and stuff like that. I think also kind of going back to what we were saying about if we see something posted on social media, Father, you said something about giving them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times we owe it to that person to go to them and say, I saw that you posted this. What did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it could just be that they were really poor at communicating what they meant and Instead of, you know, they it came across this way. And so maybe they need that gentle person to say, you know, I, now that I hear what you're saying, I see you meant to say this. But really, when I read it, it came across like this. Yeah. And so it just gently, you know, coming not from a point of defense, but from a point of seeking more information. Like, what is it that you were trying to relay? Right. And having really instead of just like criticizing or just going out of your way to to say this person was bad, but trying mm-hmm. to discover the truth, get to the heart of the matter. And, you know, the vision of the church has always been present. I mean, the we have somebody who wants to work against us, but remember, you know, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. We, I mean, Christ is victorious. I mean, we learned that in the book of Revelation. Christ is always victorious. So if you ever get wondering, like, well, what's happening with the church? Always know that Christ wins and that he is our savior. And so now we are going to close this with a prayer for unity. And so we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, you prayed that we may be one. We make that our prayer now in the gift of the Holy Spirit. We ask that you send your grace upon the church to unify her and to bring her to your most sacred heart. And we ask this as we pray. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, now and, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Pray these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until next time, may God bless you, and please join us again on Alive for More. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, Sancti.